do have your Bibles, please open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, as of this morning I'm preaching uh, what is basically part B, or the second part of my sermon from last week, um, when I talked about um, persevering in difficulties. Last week we looked at 2 Peter, where Peter told us that the difficulties and trials we face in life are like the refiner's fire that melts everything else away to show us the true metal of our faith. Trials and difficulties allow us to get to the bottom of our faith, what is actually there. And this morning, I'm going to preach a similar text from 2 Corinthians 4, where Paul addresses how he deals with difficulties and this ever-present temptation to lose heart. And to give up in the midst of our struggles. Because that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants when we face struggles and trials and temptations. He wants us to lose heart and lose hope. And to give up and to ultimately lose our faith. Now, Paul is going to argue how faith works in the midst of our hardships. So Peter tells us that faith needs to endure through those hardships. That's what Peter was arguing, that your faith, the trial is going to show us, show you what's there, and Paul is going to show you how that faith actually works in your life, how it actually does something in us. All right, so um, I want to give you a summary of Paul's argument, and then we'll unpack our text together. So here is how Paul is going to argue that our faith is meant to function in difficulties, okay? It requires us understanding a few things. It requires us understanding the past, what Christ has done. It requires us understanding the future, what Jesus is going to do, and then how that connects in the present difficulties we face. Let me explain. I'm going to give you Paul's argument. First, the foundation of our faith, everybody listen, the foundation of our faith is in the past and what God has done for us in Jesus. That happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus went to the cross for us. He rose again, conquering sin, death, and the grave so that we would be forgiven. So that we would be accepted into God's family. So that we would be redeemed from our sins and saved from God's coming judgment. That's what God did in the past and it is sure and it is final. Jesus said it is finished. He has done it. It is over. That's number one. Second, that same faith that looks back at what Jesus has done, also that looks, looks back in the past, also looks into the future and grasps, takes hold of God's eternal promises. God's promises of making all things new when He brings a new heavens and a new earth, when Jesus comes again for His people. God's promise of eternal fellowship and joy in His presence, where we will dwell with Him forever. He will be our God and we will be His people and He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. God's promise of a new glorified body that will never know sin or pain or sorrow or disease or death. God's promise of Him bringing righteousness and justice and righting every wrong that was ever committed against us or in this world. And that future reality is just as certain and sure as what Jesus has done in the past. 
that future reality is just as sure. And the final part of Paul's argument is that we must connect what Jesus has done in the past and what Jesus will do in the future and bring that to bear on our present difficulties and trials. So that's what Paul's going to do. He's going to build a cross for us. He's going to say, I'm going to grab hold of what Jesus has done for me. I'm going to grab hold of what he's going to do for me in the future. And I'm going to press that into my heart in the present and hold fast. And strengthen his heart in the present. So let's begin, as we, I'm going to read the text, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And then we'll begin. He says there, so we do not lose heart. That's the title of my sermon, We Do Not Lose Heart. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. So let's give you three quick points this morning. Y'all should laugh right there. Quick points. Ha, 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 preacher joke. It's raining. You ain't got anywhere to go. Let's just hunker down. We might get wet and melt. We might as well just sit and soak a little bit in God's word. So let me give you three three truths. The first one is very simple and very self-evident. It is this. Life is filled with opportunities to lose heart. Very simple. Very self-evident. Paul says in verse 16, he says, so we do not lose heart. Now, you need to know that Paul begins chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, with the same thought. He says, therefore, having this ministry, uh, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. So Paul says, I have a ministry, God has given it to me, and I'm not going to lose heart, even though this life and this ministry that Paul has been given gives him ample opportunity to lose heart. Now, later on in, in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul is going to tell us about some of those opportunities to lose heart. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, just five or six chapters later. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Five times I received 39 lashes with the cat of nine tails. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. At night, a, a night and day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys. In danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and in exposure, and apart from the other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for the churches. It's a lot of opportunities to lose heart and give up. I don't think I'd want to be beaten once, much less five times. I don't think I'd want to be beaten with rods once, much less three times. I don't think I'd want to continue in constant strain and pressure of everyone trying to kill me. But life is filled with opportunities to lose heart. We might not have Paul's exact circumstances, but I guarantee you, every one of you in this room has faced things that have given you an opportunity to lose heart. 
Think of how often you're tempted to lose heart. Difficulties in ministry, opportunities to lose heart. Difficulties in life, difficulties in relationships, difficulties in society, finding our place in it. Difficulties with social pressures and an ever-changing political and economic landscape. Difficulties in health, many. Difficulties with sin and temptation. Difficulties in the church. Be lying if we said those didn't exist. Difficulties with our own spiritual journeys. Life is filled with opportunities to lose heart. And Paul knows, by the way, these things aren't getting any easier with age. What does he say after he says that? So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Right? He knows his body is wasting away. Paul knows he's aging. He's losing his eyesight, losing his hearing. He doesn't walk as quickly as he used to walk. He doesn't recover like he once did. And all of those difficulties are threats in our own lives to our outer self, our bodies, and to our inner self, our soul. All of these attacks on the body are attacks on our souls. They can cause us to lose heart and lose hope, and if we're not careful, lose our faith. Especially if we believe a false gospel that Jesus saves us from struggles and difficulties in life. I've seen many a television preacher say that. Well, if you just follow Jesus, you, everything will be fine. Everything will be easy. You'll have money. Life will be hunky-dory. And I'll just remind you what Jesus said. I think he's an authority on this matter. He says, in this life you will have tribulation. But fear not, I've overcome the world. Jesus says there will be tribulation, but don't be afraid. So there are ample opportunities in life to lose heart. And many of you are walking through that battle right now. But number two. But notice what Paul says secondly. Paul says we don't lose heart for a reason. And that reason is because God is transforming us in the present. The reason I don't lose heart is because God is at work in me right now in the middle of my difficulties and struggles. Look what he says in verse 16. He says, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So though Paul, is, his outer self is wasting away, he's getting older and he knows his body is breaking down, Paul's inner self, his soul is being renewed day by day day. Now this is God's power. That's what Paul is saying. This is God's power working day by day strengthening his inner man, strengthening his soul. God is sustaining Paul by his power in the present. You should have picked up on that theme in all of the songs we just sang. This is the power of Christ in me. This is yet not I, but Christ in me. This is not my strength, it's not my ability, it's not my picking myself up by my bootstraps. This is the power of God at work in me in the present, day by day, sustaining me and strengthening me. So that is the source of Paul's perseverance and endurance. Paul is dependent upon the power of God in the present to sustain his heart against the temptations to despair and hopelessness. Now look back at verse 7. Look at what Paul says there. Paul makes this point in verse 7 right, in, of this chapter. So go all the way back to chapter 4, verse 7. And Paul says, uh, Pastor Nick read this for us. 
He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay, fragile, breakable, not very strong and sturdy. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. God made us frail, weak, and feeble, and breakable for a reason, so that we would not boast in any strength in ourselves, but we would say this is Christ's power at work in us. He says we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And then he says, we're always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. I smell like death all the time. I know I'm dying. So that the life of Jesus may be made known in our bodies. So the power belongs to God. Though Paul's being given over to death and wasting away, just like us, the very life of Jesus, the very power of Jesus is shining through Paul as he undergoes these difficulties. This daily experience of God's transforming power allows Paul to have a different perspective. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's horrible. Sometimes it's evil and wicked. But notice the perspective of this transforming power in Paul. Notice the perspective in verse 17. He says, though my outer self is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed moment by moment. Now verse 17, he says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Just focus in on that. This light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Paul calls all of those difficulties that we just read about, all of those dangers, all of those lashes, all of those shipwrecks, all of that persecution, all of that hatred coming his way, he calls that light and momentary. Now, well, if you ask me, those things seem pretty heavy. They not seem pretty heavy to you? I would say, Paul, you might be, somebody hits you in the head with a, a rock, and you're not thinking clearly anymore. Those things seem pretty heavy, Paul. But what Paul is doing is he's comparing them, comparing those things, to the eternal glory of Christ Jesus. And in light of that, they seem light and momentary. Now, for anyone who has lifted weights, you should get this. If you can lift 500 pounds, moving around a couple five-pound dumbbells ain't a problem. And Paul says, in my life, Compared to the eternal weight of glory that's going to come when I see Jesus, when I see Jesus face to face for eternity, compared to that, that's heavy. What I'm going through is light and momentary. In light of eternity. That's what Paul is doing. So that perspective, that perspective coming through God's daily sustaining power is what keeps Paul from losing heart. So you and I need that as well. We need God's present power in us, transforming us and strengthening us so that we don't lose heart. That's what Paul is saying, that that's what's happening in me. I'm being renewed day by day by God's power, and that's given me a new perspective 
Because that same power is going to, is going to ultimately be what brings me to glory. So, life is filled with opportunities to lose heart. But we don't lose heart because God is transforming us in the present. And then finally, God's present power and perspective flow to us through faith. This is how faith works. This is the whole point of the passage. Look at verse 18. He says that all of this happens, how? As we look, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Paul says that's how it happens. So here's the question. How is Paul's, pay attention, we all need to stand up, stretch? We're here? This is how faith works in our lives, people. This is so important. Here's the question. How does Paul's inner self, how is his inner self, his soul, being renewed day by day? How is that happening even though his outer self is wasting away? How is God's power being supplied to him moment by moment as he walks through dangers and difficulties? Again, how is Paul's heart being guarded against losing hope? And the answer to all three of those questions is two words. By faith. By faith he's being guarded. By faith he's being strengthened. By faith he's being sustained. By faith God's power is flowing to him in the presence. It is by faith. Faith. Paul says that all of this happens as he looks to the things that are unseen. And that is the essence of faith. Faith is looking at what is unseen. Now we know this from 2 Corinthians. If you just look, flip over to chapter 5 and look at verse 7. Paul is going to plant this right in the middle of chapter 7. He says in verse, chapter 5 verse 7, We walk by faith and not by sight. The Christian life is a life of faith. We walk by faith. Hebrews 11, the author of Hebrews says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So how does this faith work? Well, let me tell you, as, as I began this sermon, Paul knows and is sure of what Christ has done in the past. And he is sure as he looks to the future what Christ will do. And Paul sees these eternal realities when he looks at Christ in the gospel. When he looks at what Christ has done in the gospel by faith. Now look back at chapter 4 verse 3. Look back at chapter 4 verse 3. Make this connection about what Paul is talking about seeing Jesus by faith. As I look to what is not unseen. He says there in verse 3, And even if our gospel is veiled. So Paul's preaching the gospel, and he says that unbelievers can't see it. There's a veil over the eyes of their heart. They can't see the gospel. They can't understand what Jesus has done. He says even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. He says in their case... The God of this world, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. How? What has he kept them from doing? 
to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So they can't see Jesus by faith. They're blinded by unbelief and the hardness of their heart to see the glory of Jesus in the gospel. And he says there in verse, now skip to verse 6, he says, For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shone in our hearts. So now we're not in darkness, we can see. He says, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus. So what are we looking at? We're looking at the face of Jesus by faith. And in that moment, we are believing God's promises by faith. So here's the point. Unbelievers can't see the beauty and glory of Jesus because they don't believe in him by faith. They're blinded. But we see the glory of Christ because we have believed the gospel. We look at what Jesus has done and what he will do. We look to the things that were unseen as we believe to the gospel. And at that moment, hear me, that happened in your life and that happened in Paul's life. The moment we look at Jesus, the moment we were given the eyes of faith to see the beauty and glory of Jesus, that is the moment we became a Christian, a believer And we saw Jesus and we were sure of what he has done and what he will do in the future. That's the essence of faith. That's how it happens. So all of that flows into your heart as you believe the gospel. Now, and now, hear me, let me wrap this up. And now, in the present, when we grab the past reality of Christ's death, He really died in my place. He really rose again. He really ascended to the right hand of the Father. He is really at the right hand of the Father interceding for me right now. Jesus is still at at work in my present life. And I look at the future, at what God promises. And when I take hold of both of those by faith, only then, when I grab a hold of both of those things by faith, only then will God's power and perspective flow into my present life. To strengthen me against losing hope. So if you're losing hope, it's an issue of faith. It's an issue of not believing Christ and what he has done and what he will do. So let me say it as simply as possible. I'm about to give you the whole sermon in a sentence. You're like, well, Jacob, you should have just started with that. Too bad. So sad. I'm still going to get you out of here early. But here it is. You can write this down. Let me summarize all of, of, all of 2 Corinthians 4 for you in a sentence. We will not lose heart as we look to Jesus by faith. It is impossible. We will not lose heart as you look to Jesus by faith. The author of Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. So, if you fix your eyes on Jesus by faith, He will strengthen us by His past and future promises of the gospel in the present. That's how it works. Now, just like Paul, let me wrap this up. Just like Paul, you have to take care to guard your hearts from losing hope. You have to do that by strengthening your faith in Jesus. 
In the same way you must care for your physical body, you must care for your soul. And you care for your soul by strengthening your faith. And Paul says that he's being renewed day by day as he walks by faith in God's promises. So I would argue you better get used to knowing God's promises. You better dig in deep. So let me give you three points of application here as I close. You must strengthen your faith. Here's how you do it. Number one, you cannot strengthen your faith in Christ unless you're spending time in God's word day by day. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you're not strengthening your own soul, you're starving yourself. Go try to run a marathon and not eat for a week before. See how that goes. Well, try running the marathon of your life without any spiritual food. Strengthen your faith by digging into God's promises day by day. Coming in here on Sunday and listening to me is not good enough. It's important, but it's not a regular, you need to feed yourself day by day. Day by day. Second, you cannot strengthen your faith in Christ unless you spend time praying. Spend time in praying. Prayer is where the power is flowing because prayer operates only on the principle of faith. If you're not praying, it's because of unbelief. It's because you don't believe God will hear you or God will act. But prayer, in its truest form, is just an exercise of faith. Jesus, here I am, praying. And by the way, Jesus says this in Luke 18. It says, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So in Jesus' mind, if you're, if you're not praying, guess what you are doing? Losing heart. You're not walking in faith unless you are praying. So you need to be reading God's word and praying. Praying that, that you will be strengthened. Praying for God's wisdom. Praying for God's daily provision. And, fi and finally, you cannot strengthen your faith unless you're walking with the Holy Spirit day by day. When we believe the gospel, God's spirit was put in us to empower us and strengthen us day by day. And if you're not walking by the spirit... If you're not being filled with the Spirit, if you're not yielding to the Spirit, if you're walking in a way that grieves the Spirit, then you're not strengthening your faith. Walking with Jesus is not an alone enterprise. It is I'm walking with Christ by the power of His Spirit. I'm listening to His Spirit, yielding to His Spirit, so that I will not lose heart. And that's it, everybody. If you don't want to lose heart, it's an issue of looking to Jesus by faith in the midst of our trials. So before I pray, we're going to have a moment of invitation. And the first part of this is if you don't know Jesus, then none of what I've said applies to you. Because all you have is your own strength. You're actually trying to save yourself by your own strength right now. You think that you can get to heaven by being good enough or by not being too bad. And that means ultimately you're getting to heaven on your own merits. The gospel says that I can't do it, Jesus must do it all. I have no hope but Jesus. So becoming a Christian is when I see the beauty of the gospel, that I am a sinner separated from God, and Jesus died in my place so that I could be forgiven by what he has done, not by what I do. And I receive that as a gift by repentance and faith. That means I lay myself down and I throw my life on the mercy of Jesus. Some of you need to do that because you're walking not day by day in God's power, but 
in your own power. Others in here, as Christians, you need to repent. You're going through difficulties and trials, and actually you're going through them in unbelief. And you need to come back to Christ today and say, yet not I, but Christ in me. I need to have fresh, fresh, a fresh relationship with Jesus being strengthened by faith. Others need to commit to being in God's word, spending more time in prayer. Others need to join our church. You've been coming way too long and not taking the step of faith that says, Jesus, I'm going to obey you among this people where you've placed me. I'm going to put down roots and I'm going to grow and flourish here. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask today that you would move among us as we sing. And Father, we ask that above all things that Christ will be glorified. We ask this in his name.